The Crimes Ireland podcast is intended for a mature audience. Hello everyone, once again, to the Crimes Ireland podcast. This week, our episode is called Who Is It? and it is based on the crimes of Bernard McCann. If you have any questions or queries about the show, or just want to say hello, please send it to crimesireland at gmail.com. Also, and it's pretty important because it helps the show run and also pays for research, etc. You can donate from a penny and up via PayPal using the same email. Again, you can send it to crimesireland at gmail.com. During 1823, on the west coast, Galway was at the end of a period of feverish church building. This came along with a population growth and one of those who moved to the area was a man only named as Hughes. He had moved there a few years ago prior to 1823. He was not a butcher originally by trade, but on moving to the area, he tried his hand at this type of business and was soon quote, The man was the envy of all the other butchers and he bore all the apparent marks of prosperity. He was reported by the locals to be a strict believer in his religion, a good father and a kind friend. On occasion, he would enjoy the odd drink with his pals at the local public house. One night he had drank heavily enough and then, quote, the usual amount of slagging took place. And during the same night, he returned back to his butcher stall and was approached by a man and a conversation began between the two. Towards the end of the short enough talk, the stranger then referred to Hughes as Mr. McCann. On hearing this name McCann, Hughes went red in the face and shoddily tried to cover it by attempting to change the subject and asked the man to join him at his home for breakfast the next morning. The unnamed man accepted and then went there the next day and they ate together, then went walking about the city taking in the sights and the sounds. At the breakfast Hughes had made no mention whatsoever of the incident between them the evening before, but whilst they walked the city the man had called him Mr McCann again, and this second time the man known as Hughes suddenly gave out for using this name. Now leaving the bustling and busier parts of the city, the man grew ever more anxious. Any of the behaviour displayed by Bernard McCann or James Hughes would not have alleviated the worry of his companion, who had started to notice then worry about observations he had made, as he noticed that Hughes was continuously looking over his shoulder while they had walked. After going beyond the city's walls and asking to turn back at least two times, the stranger now refused to go on any further. Turning back now, he made his way to the city centre, and forcing himself not to run, he walked. Calling on the stranger to come back and being ignored, Hughes, quote, darted furiously after him with the intention of forcing him back, but the sight of some people on the road restrained him, and the peddler burst his way to the city with great fear. Once again back in the city, this peddler, as he was called, wasted no time on his return and going straight to the mayor to report Hughes, who he said was actually named McCann and had committed a murder in County Down 10 years previously. With the mayor knowing Hughes, 
He found the accusations extraordinary and against the nature of the man that he had a very hard time believing them to be true. He even went as far as to suggest the peddler that he may have seen someone else and mistaken them for his. The mayor's guest refuted this strongly and slowly, through his conviction and recall of the encounter, convinced his host, the mayor, of Hughes McCann's guilt. He stated that Hughes, known before as Bernard McCann, had been a journeyman baker in his past life and had murdered another man called Owen McAdam near Lisburn in Northern Ireland around the year 1813. After this was investigated and confirmed, as far as I could tell, McCann was transported to Downpatrick, where he was put on trial for the willful murder of Mr McAdams before Mr Justice Murr. At the trial, the court heard evidence from many witnesses that McAdams was found, quote, floating in the canal near the Cool of A with his money stolen from his pockets. Some other persons had said they witnessed them both together on the day of the killing. McCann went to the Mays horse races and there he had met McAdams, who was a horse dealer and from Keady, County Armagh. McAdams had a large amount of money on his person, although it was unclear just how much. Following this testimony, the judge addressed the jury and said the evidence was of a circumstantial nature and was being recalled by witnesses after many years. But within only one hour, the jury returned with their deliberations and gave a verdict of guilty for the charge of murder. The following Thursday, Bernard McCann was sentenced to death. This next part was not easy viewing when researching, so may not be pleasant listening. Upon the first attempt at his execution, the rope used in the hanging had snapped, having the convicted fall to the ground. Once back up on the platform and before the second try, it was, quote, necessary to strengthen him with a draught of wine whilst being seated on his coffin. It is not clear to when, but at some point, McCann did admit his guilt. Although this is a very ultra-grim thing to ourselves today, a custom at the time was to show the condemned their coat, coffin that should be the resting place in a few hours. And, after a while, the second try was successful and the punishment was carried out, this time without any more setbacks and thus ended the life of Mr Hughes, or Bernard McCann. The unfeeling of Hughes as Bernard McCann had caused a lot of clamour in Galway. Persons local to there remember him participating in multiple charitable events and had been, quote, equally liberal to all Christian sects. They also described him as industrious and blameless in life and found it almost impossible to believe a man like him could commit such a deed. Years later, it is still mentioned in Galway from time to time. For me, a very interesting tale. For you? Thanks once again to listening to the Crimes Ireland podcast. I put this episode at the start of the series because it's a little shorter, and so I can save you that and then get into the longer ones once we go on. Uh, I have ideas for season three also, but I'll update you later in the series. If you have any questions or queries about the show, or just want to say hello, please send it to crimesireland at gmail.com. Otherwise, and very importantly, you can also donate a penny and up for research and other costs via PayPal through the same email. That's crimesireland at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening 
and all your support so far, and I'll see you next time.